friends. Welcome to episode 155 of Storyteller Conclave. This is a show all about helping you run the best tabletop role-playing game that you can, whether you're a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft, or an experienced storyteller looking to take your game to the next level. I'm Sarah. I'm Rob. How are we doing, Rob? It's been a week. Yeah, I was going to say, is it best not to ask that question this week? I think so. Both I mean... Of are, both of us are kind of tattered at the... Yeah, at everything. At the everything. At the everything. Yeah. So the only thing I'm going to say is I hope everyone out there is doing all right and that this can be therapy for us all tonight yeah. in a different way. So, <laughs> Speaking of which, it's 420. It's 420. Happy, happy Dankmas, everybody. Ha- happy Dankmas, everyone. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who support Dankmas and those of you who are aware of Dankmas. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it, it, for those of you, leave uh, milk and cookies out for Snoop Dogg tonight. That's right. That's right. He mm-hmm. he he. I I. He doesn't travel door to door or via other things, but he does magically appear on random occasions. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, yeah. So the whole idea was is that because it's four twenty, and that is kind of a I guess uh, rolling joke since what? When when did four twenty really hit I, hard? I don't know. Like I'm not early nineties. Really, I want to say not really in the culture, as it were. So yeah, I think it made like. It made it outside the culture in the 90s uh, and uh, became prevalent as, as, as a term that was even used in movies uh, for getting baked uh, in a general sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we thought it was funny since it was 420 that today was the day we decided to talk about controlled substances at the table. Yeah. Um, you know, when people drink, get high, whatever, both in and out of game. Both in and out of game, yeah. Um, I would say I, I, primarily my focus, I think, with this one was out of game. Yeah. Um, but yeah. you know, dealing dealing with uh, with characters with uh, possible addiction issues or anything like that, or you know, substance use in as as a topic. Yeah. Uh, in which games. I think we've kind of we've kind of worked over that a little bit, but I just wanted to Talk a kind of expand it. that like there are places that kind of have there there are systems that have definitely stepped into this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. And some systems that have uh, have used it in in a lot of different ways, both mechanically and narratively. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but let's let's talk about, I guess, where we started with this. So, like for me, uh, I would say that it's always been light for me, like drinking in general. Like I remember when I first started gaming. Uh, the idea of, of drinking or having drugs at the table was not something, but smoking happened prevalently. Mm-hmm. It was all over the place. Everybody smoked. Um, and then as time went on, drinking became kind of a thing, but it was never heavy. It was always a ridiculous add-on because the game was still a serious component in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So getting drunk while playing really didn't add up very well. And plus it was expensive. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say... um. I, I grew up in a pretty conservative family with a pretty in a pretty conservative neighborhood. Um, uh, so marijuana was never really a, a thing around me. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, especially as we got into like the college days and stuff like that, you know, those mm-hmm. those things uh, opened up quite a bit. Yeah. Um, college was definitely the step up, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know, I mean, maybe there was a. I I wasn't really ever a huge drinker. Uh, mm-hmm. I I do remember drinking at the table. Um, I remember others drinking at the table. I don't think it was ever really like a regular component of our gaming nights. It was almost like a dessert. Yeah. Like, it was an add-on. It wasn't like it was a major part of it. Like, I distinctly remember gaming with a group of friends, and one of them knew how to make grasshoppers amazingly well. Mm -hmm. And somehow, by the end of the night, we would have grasshoppers. Uh, And it was good, but it it wouldn't pull away from the game. Yeah, like it was yeah. the break. It was a it was a dessert. It was something like that. Um, on a couple game sessions, I had a special mead uh, that I had found years ago that was just really tasty. It wasn't expensive mm-hmm. or anything like that. But like, I remember cracking that out and and serving it up to people just because of a, it would it was a taste more than anything else. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think there was something. I, I guess dessert or aperitif kind of to it. It was mm-hmm. never like we'd have a case of beer or or a bunch of wine coolers or yeah. or you know or somebody was literally pouring shots or something like that. Like that that wasn't ever part of the culture that I was in. Yeah, yeah, it was, um, it was definitely definitely my experience as well. I would say as I gamed more, smoking became more prevalent. Um, I know that it's that's kind of gone to the wayside more so now. Vaping is a huge thing, and that's, I mean, nobody really says anything much about it, um, one way or another. Although I, I think, you know, it's for me, it's an allergy thing. Like yeah, I just don't yeah. usually allow it in my house. 
Um, I have a few friends that vape, but they're very considerate and go outside. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not a big deal for me. Um, but yeah, it's, I've seen the, the change since things getting more relaxed. It's, It's just that it's not taboo. So I think like the age thing that happened with taboo things like when you're in your teens getting in your 20s like doing taboo adult things seemed like the thing to do and that added to the enjoyment of it and as you get to your 30s and 40s it hurts and it's expensive (laughs) and you don't want to do that and like beer tastes like ass and cheap liquor are cheap for a reason so like it's you get a different mind frame about it, you know, and then then you hit a certain age and you're like, I don't drink after a certain time because it gives me an upset stomach and I can't sleep. And yeah, yeah. If now I'll, you're now you're running the old guy wh- mentality. Wh- wine for me is a fifty fifty whether it's going to give me a crippling heartburn or not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, marijuana nowadays, like uh, a friend of ours. Uh, uh, it is legal here in Michigan. Yeah. Just to, just to, for, first and foremost, let me just throw that out there. Yeah. Uh, what we are, what we are discussing is, is, is legal activities here where we live. Yeah. Um, but, uh, a friend of ours, uh, had a, uh, a trip to the dispensary mm-hmm. and got an assortment of, uh, gummy edibles, uh, yeah. in both the five and 10 milligrams. Um, and, uh, mostly it was just for like, uh, she understands also that I have like, you know, anxiety and depression issues and stuff like that. And I was just looking to see if maybe there's something I could take the edge off with. And I, mm-hmm. I know that that was one of the, one of the medicinal uses of it. Yeah. Um, I don't generally like smoking because I don't like the way that it makes me feel. God, no. I just thought maybe like, uh, you know, a little gummy would, you know, help me out. Right. So I, um, uh, I, I had, uh, I had imbibed one of the small ones. It was okay. It was nice and relaxing. It didn't really get me, you know, high with a capital H, though. Right, you know? right. So one night we were all relaxing, mm-hmm. gaming. We were playing Elder Scrolls Online, actually. Yes, I and, remember this uh, vividly now. I took uh, I took one of the one of the one of the big ones, mm-hmm. and I think I decided that night I'm like I'm too old for this. <laughs> like I I could not handle being this high right now well, I and mean, i just couldn't anymore i think the one thing that we both agree on is is that elder scrolls is fine if you're just running around doing whatever but like we were literally doing running a veteran a dungeon. veteran dungeon and you were struggling to do the math yeah required to do that which there's timing and there's which things like button that. did i just push i don't know i'd better push it again and how many crap, times which button did i just push i'd better push it again crap yeah. which button did i just why, push? why can't i push this button it's still on cooldown <laughs> uh yeah so that was the first and last time in recent history that i've ever experimented with substances like that while gaming i can only imagine what it would be like at a, at a tabletop playing game you know well i mean for me i can explain because i don't do that yeah i did it once because i was having a really stressful time about something else and it was actually your game yeah and uh i took a chocolate which normally the only time i take those is at night before i go to sleep and Mm -hmm. i haven't taken them in a long time um because it just helps me ease off into sleep a lot easier yeah yeah um and and i don't want to take you know other pharmaceuticals i'd I'd rather take something that's not going to leave me with anything um, or, or kill my liver. Um, and I remember from my perspective feeling like I wasn't sure if I had done something wrong. I felt like the child was being chided by the parents and then everyone else. And it wasn't, it was anxiety. It was not paranoia. Yeah. But it was yeah, anxiety. Yeah. And I felt like I needed to correct myself or just shut up. Uh huh. And neither of those things were working. Neither was true. The game was going great. Yeah, and I, I was sober at that point and was just like, yeah, yeah, I, I did not perceive any of that happening. Yeah, so it, 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 it did not work out, but it did teach me that that's not something I'm comfortable with, which I'm normally not comfortable with anyway. Now, the funny thing is actually, because I, I, I remember that that exact same thing, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I forgot if it was you or if it was somebody else at the at the table, um, but basically it was like, hey, we've got these chocolates or edibles or whatever, right. you know. Um, does anybody else want one? Uh, no, my, uh, uh Sean yes. spoke up. Um, uh, Sean has some anxiety issues yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and, and likes to, you know, self-medicate with that. So, um, took one, uh, one of our other players was in pain. Yeah. Two of our other players, two were, other in players were in pain. Uh, were in pain. One with, one with migraines, one with, uh, just, just other general everything. Mm-hmm. The, the list is long and distinguished, yes. um, suffice to say, and uh, very very valid for that person to be in yeah. pain. Um, 
especially sitting on the floor like they were. Yes. Uh, and so there was, there were, they were passed out. Both of them. In, in, but they both reacted very differently. Yeah. Which is interesting. It's, I always find that that is intriguing. Like, I remember early, to, early when I was going out with friends who were drinking mm-hmm. to see how they would shift as they got more and more inebriated mm-hmm. and either get more talkative or less talkative or, or, you know, shelter or just come out of their shell completely. Yeah, yeah. And the same goes for imbibing, uh, uh, edibles is you, you watch people shift and sometimes they get chatty to the degree that they don't recognize mm-hmm. how far they've gone. Um, and then the other people sometimes just get very, very quiet and almost dismissive of what's going on around them. Yeah. Yeah. And when they clue back in their, their time lag is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that's me is the, the terrible time lag. But it was it was interesting actually because um, I mean I I, I want to clarify that nobody got disruptive like it was no. not it was not a bad experience um, but there was definitely a vibe shift that all of us saw oh one hundred percent one hundred percent and it was it was one of those things where it was kind of like okay so we'll, let's talk about this as a group you know mm-hmm. did anybody else notice the vibe shift and everybody kind of did yeah and yeah. we were like okay let's Let's maybe just make sure that we're curtailing that or taking smaller doses yeah, next time yeah. if, 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 if you are in need. Because I understand this is medicinal for basically everybody at the table. Yeah. Nobody's really doing this recreationally. No, and even know? like when Steve is uh, taking formal medication, yeah, you know, because uh, he does have severe migraines, he always checks with us like, I'm sorry if I'm feeling a lot of it. I'm just trying to manage my migraine yeah, and, and move yeah, through absolutely. it. Like I have terrible sinus pain and sometimes I'll take something for that, but like – I'm also keenly aware of the fact, like, I'm not on my game when I'm doing – when I'm like that as well. So Mm -hmm. I try to make sure that I'm managing it as well. Yeah. But I think that's true for everything is it's just making sure that you're aware, that you're considerate um, when you're handling those kind of things. And I I think, at least for me, it's about the – more of the losing yourself Mm -hmm. that you're not – you're not able to step into the character anymore. You're yeah. still focused on who you are and your your managing of what's going on with you. It's not letting you go. Yeah, yeah, that's um, understandable. Which, on the other hand, I've watched, and I'll say that completely the opposite thing happened with alcohol. Really? I've watched people go way too far with alcohol, mm-hmm. uh, abusive, aggressive. Yeah, yeah, and just consider it to be kind of acceptable. Mm-hmm. And I, I've watched way too many times when I've been at other people's games where alcohol has been okay or when I've been even at conventions where I've seen that it's been semi-acceptable at some of the areas of conventions and people get drunk and disorderly oh, yeah. in those areas at oh, yeah. way faster levels. Yeah. Like having someone just pass out at a table because they're high. Okay, that's just disrespectful, but it's not like you can just kind of put them in the corner, let them sure, sure. melt they're, down on they're her. They're technically yeah. not hurting anybody. Yeah. They're unconscious. You know? the, I think the only other thing that I've ever seen, uh, and it was at passing, I was with uh, a couple friends who were doing a vampire LARP, mm-hmm. uh, and it was a event abound. A, a it was at somewhere else. Sure. And so a bunch of people showed up. I want to say there's like 20 or 30 of us who were there at the time, and somebody apparently had a bad acid trip. Oh, well, doing it. Wow. Um, completely unintentionally. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh huh. And uh, basically, it shut down the game. Yeah. Because like seven people needed to take care of that person and make sure like everything was coordinated to handle the situation between like car, getting them to a safe place, yeah. making sure they were okay, making sure their stuff was okay. Like it, it was an unbelievable disruption. At the same time, and I know people will say this, like, that's not common if you know what you're, you know, if you're stepping into it, and that's not a place where you would do it, mm-hmm. you know, so the whole situation was just totally wrong. Yeah. But at the same time, very challenging. Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, and I, I think for me, the alcohol definitely sets a trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, I have history uh, with others with it. I have histories with, uh, with, with issues with it. And so... uh it definitely sets me off. So if, mm-hmm. as a storyteller, if I'm watching someone imbibe to an inebriated state, even if it's at a light level, 
I'm already changed. Rob is already becoming a different person, and that's going to change the way I GM. Oh, sure, sure, absolutely. So, or play even with those people. Absolutely. So. Well, you, it, put, it puts you out of storyteller mode and into, like, caretaker mode, you know? Or even a little, like, or for, in my case, like, I start getting, like, aggressively defensive. Yeah. disciplinarian, yeah, exactly. that's That's more to the sense of, yeah. like, Jesus, you know, why is this going on here right now? Right. Like, seriously. Yeah, um, I've got to take control of the situation. And, yeah. Exactly, exactly. exactly. Um, what's it for you? Like, uh, where's your flip point? Like, yeah, for, for me, I think it's, it's, um, I mean, I, I like to run a, you know, I, I like to run a serious game. Um, mm-hmm. and so I think at the point where you're not able to take my game seriously, uh, we're not able to conduct yourself like an adult and take part in the story. If like you start getting, see, I, I don't like, you know, the goofy style of role playing. Right. Um, it's, it's valid. I wish to clarify it's valid. Absolutely. Yeah. By all means have the goofy style of role play if that sure. fits your story. Um, mine generally aren't. Yeah. And when you start doing the whole, uh, you know, ha ha, I'm going to stick my, you know, uh, my sword up his butt, ha ha, you know, or things like that. It's just like, can you, can you not, this is not slapstick comedy. This is, I'm trying to do drama here and, and it's not happening. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's really the point. And I mean, w- whether, you, whether substances were involved or not, um, I typically run a dry table. Yeah. You very um, much do. Like, I think once we had wine, because it was part of the story, and it was a single bottle amongst eight people, six people? Yeah, I was – and that's the thing, too. Like, um, you here in your household typically have um, – what's the word? Designer alcohols. You have artisanal stuff it's around. A de- it's a dessert. It's an aperitif. Yeah. It's something special. You always have. It, it's never. It's never like a case of Bud Light. It's. It's God, always no. like. It's always like. Hey, we found these interesting Michigan brewed spiced cider. You know, hard ciders or something like. Yeah, that. Yeah, we want to share from some local brand at some obscure market. Do you want to try them? Right. They're right. really good. They have fruit, notes of fruit and you know and you know and spice. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and yeah, exactly. It's, it's a dessert thing, you know, over here. You're, you're more of a connoisseur than a quote unquote drinker with a capital D, you know? Um, but even, even still, I was a bit apprehensive when I think like somebody at the table was like, I'm going to have a hard cider with, you know, with, uh, the snacks that we're just having here at the, at the table. Mm-hmm. And it did take me a moment to be like, Okay, you you have trust at the table. Mm-hmm. Like you know everybody at the table. You know nobody's going to get drunk and disorderly. You know, right, right. But I think maybe just back in my twenties, I saw it happen, and like I, I couldn't put a finger on a on a particular point where it was like this is what made me not want to. You know, no, I'm I I'm I agree with that. I agree with that. I think that it's been the subtle build and and events outside of gaming yeah. that really pushed that for me. Yeah. Um, and it's also. I think it is has a lot to do with the trust of the table and the trust of the people you're with that they're not going to take it out of hand. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, I I, I know everybody at my table. So, yeah, and I did – like I said, I, I instigated it once or twice where it was like we're having dinner with the Count of Anvil. Yeah. And so uh, there's going to be a toast. So I wanted to kind of get everybody in character. So I brought a, che- a bottle of cheap wine. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, poured some out for everybody. And so everybody could raise their glass and toast mm-hmm. just to, just to help that one extra little step of immersion, yep. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, of course, you know, it's not required if anybody wanted to decline. I think we had a couple, a couple people who yeah, did. Who, who did. Yeah. Um, just, you know, get whatever, whatever, sure. Whatever you're drinking. The whole point is that you have a glass to raise, not that it has wine in it, you know? Um, so I, I wanted I want to jump over uh, the the list here a little bit because I want to talk about what we because you asked this on Reddit yeah which I thought was great I wanted that kind of uh, outside uh, grand community as well as our Discord community yeah I was I was curious because um, I I understand that you and I have a really closed gaming group we're also old we're also old. <laughs> Um, we're not ancient. We're just old. <laughs> but but you and I and, and we both more or less have the same sort of like cultural upbringing um, of like relatively wealthy, conservative, upper middle class suburbanite parents. Sure. I'm sure our parents would argue that. But then again, we argue about where we sit financially anyways. E- exactly. Exactly. You know, it's perspective. But, but yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Like, but, you know, we, we you and I both come from 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 a uh, from a place of privilege with a lot yeah. of that. And so um, we don't have a uh, 
terribly diverse set of experiences when it comes to this sort of thing. You and I more or less share the same like views on this. So I wanted to get that outside perspective of like, what do other people's tables look like with regards to, uh, with regards to this sort of stuff. And, um, we pulled a bunch of quotes, which I think are very telling. Uh, I would come, there's a common thread that we saw which that was, I would which say. Which is moderation essentially is okay. Yeah. Excess is, is where you draw the line. Yeah. But I think some of these quotes are really good. Um, <laughs> some of them are funny. Not many of them are funny, but some of them are so funny. The one, the one that really got me, um, somebody responded, uh, edibles are banned at my table ever since the shirtless one shot of 2018. I think that's, that says enough right there. I begged this person to elaborate further. They did not. That is that is a sad thing we've it all is, lost. It is. It's a loss for everyone. Yeah. And in the common of if it's illegal, it's not welcome. If it's illegal, it's not welcome. And, right? yep. and I held that with my house uh, yeah, sure. completely. Like sure. that was not something I was comfortable with. Sure. And, and, and yeah, like marijuana consumption was never a thing in your household until Correct. it was legalized in the state. Correct. Correct. Um, and everything that we have uh, brought in or, you know, that was already here mm-hmm. has been purchased legally from a dispensary. 100%. So, yes. um, and uh, like there's <laughs> the other thing that I saw pretty commonly was people seeing that weed is rarely an issue unless there were already personality traits that were an issue ahead of time. Yes. yes. And that just kind of pushed it beyond. It will, it will exacerbate an already existing problem. Correct. Getting correct. high on top of being a jerk. <laughs> yeah. And, and the drinking was the same thing. Drinking is rarely an issue unless it's excessive. But they've, just like myself, they've seen a lot more disruptive or in disengaged drunk players than high players. Than high players, yeah. Like, in many times, the high players are more engaged. And I think, I mean, if, if I had to pontificate upon that, I think it's it's because of the, um, I mean, for, obviously there, there are chemical differences in, in, in what it does to you. But yep. um, I think a lot of that, too, though, is the... Uh, Though this is changing in recent times because it is becoming legalized mm-hmm. and legalization is a is a, a movement that is sweeping and gaining a lot of uh, a lot of steam. Very um, much so. Federal government's even talking about it. I know, but I, I don't know how well that's going. Uh, I think it's going it, to. It's it's hard to tell. I, I think we're at least in a discussionary state that is stronger than it used to be. Yeah, I I, f- I feel like legalization's inevitable, but I digress. Yeah. Um, Let's not get into politics. But I. Uh, I think the the um, social acceptance of alcohol, mm-hmm. like it's in a lot of circles, it's okay to just have beer, yeah. You know, and so you're you like if if someone showed up, especially like even just five years ago, if someone showed up with even a little bit of marijuana, you you might be like. Hey, buddy, what's up? Yeah. If someone shows up with a case of beer, you're like, hey, you're here to party. Mm-hmm. Cool. You brought the beer, you right. know, and there's and I, I think because of that, there's also a um, there's a, a difference in social acceptance on, you know, and, and then excess consumption, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if somebody has two, three, four beers, like we almost don't think about it because the the propaganda of like. You know, beer equals fun time equals party that, like, the marketing and the lobbying does. You know, it puts it into the social zeitgeist that, that like, beer equals a fun time. You want to have a fun time playing D&D, right? D&D plus beer must be great. But I think that itself has changed even since we were young. Like, commercials for beer have radically changed. Because you don't want most most generation just beyond us mm-hmm. don't watch commercials. Yeah, I don't have cable. <laughs> right. I don't watch network television, where, where so I couldn't tell commercials? you what commercials even look like. Exactly. Like the few commercials that I've seen are not for us. Yeah, they're not for us. Yeah, and it's always drink responsibly. It's always, you know, and and oftentimes they get chewed out when it's something that could be related to teens. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's interesting. I think it has significantly changed the way we look at things and just the ridiculous amount that's available out there now from what it used to be. Like you go into a liquor store these days, at least here in Michigan, it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And you've got like 300 choices of beer. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's like ridiculous. And you're like, what, what do you even want? Well, I don't, I don't know that the marketing has changed that much. I mean, I, I'm specifically remembering a couple weeks ago, Sean and I ordered Thai. And the Thai place that we go to is uh, right next to a convenience store. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to park uh, a couple doors down from the Thai place. So we're right in front of the convenience store. Sure. And the whole wall is just plastered with alcohol ads. But that's the only way they can do it now. Well, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I, I know, oh, I know. I'm sorry, continue. But, but, but the point being, though, is that we, uh, our food wasn't quite ready yet, so we had, you know, five, ten minutes to just sit there and wait, um, looking at these, at these alcohol ads. Sure. And I remember turning to him and remarking him, I'm like, God, I wish drinking were as much fun as these ads made it look <laughs> like it, like, every ad here is like, you wanna visit Maui in the summertime? Drink this beer, or drink drink this 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 cocktail that we've got. You know, uh, drink drink this 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 mixer. You know. Yeah. Well, I I, I remember like, all I remember all of the cocktail dressed wearing women selling different liquors, like Midori was yeah. a big one that was like that. Yeah. And it was you know these were all these very sexy liqueurs. You yeah. know. You know, or you know, Corvassier was sold a specific way. But the but the message is clear: mm-hmm. is that. This is a great time. This is super relaxing, super awesome. Like, if you want to be in this environment, the thing that brings that about is our drink. Now, I'm, I'm going to you know? have to put one thing in here that we have not brought up. Yeah. Two things. One, Crown Royal. The bags. Oh, oh yeah. Every, everybody remembers. I, if you were part of a per, of a gaming group probably from between the 80s and the 90s, the mm-hmm. late 90s, even early 2000s, Crown Royal bags were pretty much the staple of your first dice bag. Now, see, I broke that mold. Mm-hmm. I broke out of that mold. Uh, and uh, I had, as an apology gift for cheating on me with my ex-girlfriend, <laughs> or for cheating on, having my ex-girlfriend cheat on me with him... Yeah. Okay. Anyways, for for being for being the third person in a two person relationship, sure. uh, a uh, an ex friend of mine brought me a bottle of Captain Morgan private stock because he knew that Captain Morgan was yep. my thing back in the day. There you go. And it came in a red velvet bag. Yes, I remember the and red velvet. That bag. was my dice bag. And for to the longest time. and and to just put a cap on the ridiculousness of this conversation, mm-hmm. I still don't understand. Because and I'm gonna say this: in the winter, there are often liquor packs. Where you could get, like, a bottle, glasses, and something special, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why the F hasn't Crown Royal even once made a Christmas gaming pack? Bottle? Yeah. Bag? Dice. 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 Simple. Simple. Like, a dice cup would be perfect, even. Crown Royal, hire us. Why haven't you done... You could print money with D&D. D&D alone would, like... Put a D twenty on the glass. Yeah. Make the glass a like round looking D twenty looking thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just you're just printing money, man. You literally print money. Just just just, just hire us, Crown just, Royal. Yeah. Just let us let now, us. Now granted D D probably would never license that, so you'd have to go somebody else like swag or something. Yeah. But either way, you could still get dice out of it and it would look awesome uh, and everybody would want that bag. Now one of our one of our mutual friends and, and a new gamer, uh uh the Mad Elf's uh, the Mad Elf's wife, yes, uh, Pamela. Yes. Um uh, recently, she's she's joined us in our in our Monoscar games. Her Very first so. role playing experience. She's amazing. By she's the way. doing wonderful, absolutely amazing. Natural born role player. Such a privilege to have her at the table. Um, but uh, recently got her first dice bag. Yeah, and we were all like, "Is it a Crown Royal bag? Does it? Is it a Crown Royal bag?" And when we heard that it wasn't, we were all very disappointed. Until we saw what it was, and then it was just it was just beautiful and brilliant. Uh. It was, that was, in the, remind me, just in case I'm, I'm remembering something incorrectly sure, sure. here. Uh, but it was the plushy, uh, D20 shaped bag. Yeah, I actually yeah. saw, uh, the, the store where she got it from. Oh, good, or, yeah. Or where they got it from, because it was the, I visited that one, which yeah. had the really nice paint stuff. They have them there in like red and green and black. Uh-huh. And they literally look like a D20, but when you open it up, it's, yeah, it's a nice bag. Um, so yes, definitely an awesome bag. I have a really awesome dice bag that is my super bag. I then have leather bags for my individual bags. Right, but you had your Crown Royal bag, I, though. I still have Crown Royal bags on my shelf. That's what I'm saying. For others. That's so. what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. It's it's a it's a rite it's a rite of passage. It kind look, of, it and kind to be of clear, is. you don't have to drink the Crown Royal. Okay. Give it, give it to someone else. Throw it out for all I care. You Whatever. Know? Yeah. I mean, but, there used to be the thing where, like, we, we, which we would do is that some anybody who was new to the table, once you had been there for a couple of times, someone would buy a a a, 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 crown, a bottle of Crown Royal with a bag. Mm-hmm. They'd bring the bag. People would put their dice in the bag for you. That was your starter dice, and you would drink the Crown Royal that night. Now we do have another new tabletop player in our Mouse Guard game. We do. We do. Do you? No, I I don't know her as well as you. I do. Do you think that would be an appropriate gift? I know she's probably listening right now, so we're totally talking about her like she's... She's not, and I know she's not for uh, one particular reason. I know where she is uh, today. Oh, okay. Um, so we're we're kind of clear until she picks until she back. hears the she, she, until she, she hears the broadcast. The broadcast, the yeah. Uh, but um, she actually ended up with uh one of the um uh boxes, one of the mini boxes. Oh, okay, 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 okay. And she has dice. She has nice a pretty good set of dice, but I still think. The third session is always the session of Mark. Sure. You stay sure. in for three sessions, you're in. Uh, so we'll have to figure her something. first official session last? Last was her first official session. Okay, so yes. the, I think the, yeah, coming up next month is going to be her second. Okay, because we got a little time on this one. Yeah, okay, especially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right, to kind of get back to some of this um, that we were talking about. Uh, so you you had talked a little bit earlier about, like, triggering situations. Yes. And stuff like that. Yes. Um, and I, I kind of wanted to like loop back around to that because sure. um, I mean we we talked a lot about how it affects the individual player and how it might affect the gaming space, but um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about how it might affect other people at the table. I agree um, because uh, you know we're it's it's a it's a group game you know and not only is one person getting out of sorts um, or possibly multiple people getting mm-hmm, out of sorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, an issue for everybody at the table, um, because it affects the whole vibe there. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, uh, we asked kind of the same question about what place substances have at the, you know, controlled substances have at the table on our, on our Discord, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the responses we got from Koi Grape. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah, which was wonderful. Thank you for sharing. Was, uh, actually saying that, um, uh, like, they had a, a, a kind of a, a a moment during a game where they blacked out. They were so drunk. Yeah. And um, it was a wake-up call mm-hmm. for them that, like, holy cow, like, I, I mean, apparently, you know, I, I quote-unquote functioned through it because nobody else said that I was disruptive or, right. you know, or really even took notice. But, like, I don't remember half that game and, like uh, – not long after that, um, started, uh, got into a, uh, uh, into a program, mm-hmm. uh, and they've been five years sober ever since. Yeah. And, you know, because of that, because of that own, their, their own personal history with that, um, you know, obviously alcohol at the table, alcohol really in front of them at all mm-hmm. is kind of a dick move, really. Like, to start drinking something in front of an alcoholic, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or, or uh, I mean, I, I will say the same thing for some people that I know who were, um, who were terrible smokers and were kicking the kicking the addiction of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they would come to gaming and ask people not to smoke, and we'd end up getting someone new to the gaming table, or will be like, you know, a different adventure, maybe with a different storyteller, but the same group. And someone would get up to go have a cigarette or ask if they could have a cigarette, and you could see them struggling. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, others would make the comment, like, hey, that's kind of a dick move. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, just just leave and, and go, you know, ask for five minutes, go to the bathroom, do something, you know. Yeah. But, but yeah. just don't open it up in front of them. And then kind of give them that look of, like, you want to step outside kind of a thing and it's mm-hmm. like no don't don't do don't don't crack that egg right no exactly and like it's look it's not first off it's not personal okay like asking somebody else to 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 accommodate your your comfort for something so serious like that mm-hmm. is is not a huge ask and it's not personal nobody's doing it to be a jerk they're doing it because they they need that sort of care you yeah. know um I mean, it literally can destroy lives if 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 things get too far on certain substances, you know. No, and I and and I I think that those kinds of things are definitely within the X card 
route, especially for storytellers, hosts of the house, sure, or just a player who needs that space to feel safer. Sure, absolutely. And and I mean, we we talked about it before that there's the 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 agreement of friendship, you know, the mm-hmm. understanding of friendship at the, at the table. That mm-hmm. like when you sit at that table, you are in agreement that you are looking out for the best interests of everybody else at that table, mm-hmm. whether you like everybody at that table or not. Treat them like they are your friends because you are in that group. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. work towards their best interest, both in and out of character. Yeah, and and that's definitely one of those big places where it's like. Um, you know, we all like to have a good time. We all like to have the freedoms to do the things that we want to do. But when those come to the exclusion of others, you need to understand that that's not acceptable in that space. Yeah. You know. And and I, I kind of want to step from that into the whole world of actually doing it in session, like in character. Yeah. You know, some systems have it built in, uh, both uh, alcohol and uh, and uh, illicit drugs. What do you mean? What do you mean by built in? Um, riffs and uh, palladium in uh, oh, like fantasy. juicers. Yeah, juicers are in that. Yeah. Um, you've got uh, chip junkies in uh, Shadowrun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know where you know they're. There's literally effects that if you take certain uh, negatives on your character, you must continue your addiction at some level or methadone it in some other way. Otherwise, it affects your character. You get some benefits in some cases, but like in the case – I want to say in White Wolf, um, the addictions and and problems that they have in there, there is no benefit. There's no – other than the points you get to spend on something else, Mm -hmm. it is – it is painful. Yeah. And yeah. usually, depending on the system, sometimes those are harsher than you would think them to be. Um, or that they were trying to paint that they were a terrible thing to try and follow. Um, and like there was, uh, I forget which system it was that I was reading, um, a number of years ago where they were using magic as a drug. Okay. And it, re- okay. when we started watching Wheel of Time and you started talking about it, it reminded me of that system. Mm that uh touching the, touching the one power, the is, one power is just like touching the very well of creation itself and going back to not having the one power is yeah d- destroys you well utterly um, destroys and you and that that's the thing is that yeah. they called it the um the itch of fire where uh, and yep. the person uh I, I went back to try and find the system but i found the quote that i was looking Incidentally, for the itch of fire was my nickname in high school nice yeah. uh <laughs> but the uh uh, the whole thing of it was uh, he brought it to a conversation that he had had with a friend who was explaining um, uh, drugs to him in general. And he said an addiction makes you do things unconsciously mm-hmm. to compensate for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that that's where the whole concept of scratching yourself – where you'll see actors who will do that in shows to 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 handle to the oh that they're they're clearly a you know druggy like that's mm-hmm. a thing that's that's a very overt thing mm-hmm. people you know not to say that people won't bounce their leg they won't twitch they won't have an eye twitch they won't stutter they won't have other things but all of those can be subtle tells of compensation but a lot of it gets a lot worse than that yeah and so uh in a, a system where magic literally, once you start, um, like the first or second times that you do it, you only have like a five percent chance that you'll 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 want to do it again and get your first mark. Mm-hmm. Every time you cast after that, and the more mana you use in your casting, which does come from you, it does recharge, but mm-hmm. it, it drains some of your endurance basically. Um, you gain percentage based upon the mana usage mm. till eventually you hit a 50% mark. Once you go over 50%, you have your 50% chance, you are addicted. You just get a mark every time you use magic. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You only have 10 marks. Until? Un- until you're basically burned out. Oh, and wow. what that means is you can use magic, but every time you do it, it decreases your endurance. What system is this? Uh, again, it was called um, like Dark Fade or something like that, and it was a it was a 
uh, GURPS system okay. where they had altered the magic and the way that it was being used. Gotcha. Okay, okay, okay. So they were using GURPS fantasy, so these, but these not were, the magic. These were house system. rules, essentially. Yeah. They were a homebrew system that turned into a, an addendum to GURPS. Okay, okay. Um, and the whole point of it was is that they wanted to explore addiction in a different way. Yeah, sure, sure, absolutely. And what was funny was it never states it as addiction in the game. Mm-hmm. Like you read through the rules, it doesn't talk about addiction. It just gives you the mechanics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But everyone who plays it is like after they, they're like, oh, this is a neat system because it really limits the amount of people who are doing this. And some people would use it and be like, oh, it's a restricted thing. Or they would come up for a story with why it was that way, but they would never notice that it until they started playing with it, that what the point was. That, that might be, that might be better. Honestly, um, I, I could understand like people who truly do struggle with addiction, uh, like almost feeling like insulted that, that their, their struggle has been gamified for other people to play with. And that's why I wanted to bring this up. Yeah. Is that that's the other side of this coin. Yeah. Is that we talk about bringing illicit stuff to the table and we talk about whether that's questionable or acceptable and Mm -hmm. whether we can do it comfortably, but in systems, we rarely let things go to a light edge. The system makes you see the extreme of whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Because that's what the mechanic wants to teach you. Sure, sure. And we say games teach you how they should be played. Yeah. And so when you look at something like Shadowrun and you look at the, the uh, you know, uh, chipping, mm-hmm. you know, chip heading – and having that become something that becomes an addiction, it's written right into the mechanics how it functions, mm-hmm. and it gamifies addiction. Which, the when I looked at it back in the day, I thought, yeah, it's kind of an interesting mechanic. I don't know if I'll ever use it, but if someone was to play one of these characters, maybe you know, or like a psyker in rifts, or or a um, juicer, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's mechanics to get the benefits and detriments on it. But the more I think about it now, knowing as much as I do about addiction, I feel like it's disrespectful of something that is painful yeah, and harsh in there and does gamify it. Yeah, yeah. And and that's the kind of thing is like I feel like it's almost taboo to do that. But at the same time, I don't want to stop exploration Mm -hmm. of a story. You know? Yeah, yeah, agreed. But I still think, much like some of the other stuff we talk about, and X-carding things and bring it up, is that you have to address that at your table. Well, you did it well with your character, Bonesunder. Uh, I, I mean, I, I touched on it. No, no. What uh, I'm saying is, is you addressed it with the table. Yeah. Well yeah. before you started Bonesunder. Uh, yeah, he was, um, this was a character I played, uh, pre-transition, uh, this is just big old meathead with a two-hander, um, uh, that I played who was a gladiator. Yeah. Uh, got kicked out of the gladiatorial combat ring, essentially, in the big, like, Vegas-like city that mm-hmm. was in, that's in your setting, um, because he was caught juicing. He was mm-hmm. drinking magic potions. Yeah. Because uh, he was addicted to the, the rush of being enchanted, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it didn't matter quite as much if it came from a potion or if it was, uh, the party's cleric that cast some sort of a buff on me, but it mm-hmm. was just, I never wanted to go into combat unbuffed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would spend all of my money recklessly on buying whatever potions I could. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter what they did. Um, I put them in a random numbered list, mm-hmm. used whatever die was closest to the number on that list, mm-hmm. um, the number of potions on that list, and rolled it randomly and just drank the first potion that came up. Mm-hmm. Every single time we got into combat. Yeah, it was it was a little crazy to follow, but at the same time, I thought it was a great way to role play that mechanic. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, and it, but it didn't but it's, give you any benefits or anything like that. It was pure role play. Yeah, and and I mean, look, really, the the only um the only detractor from it was that I would I was constantly broke because I was yeah. always there, you know. Uh, so it never really, it, it, there really never was that negative side to it, and um, we didn't really take it much further than that. We didn't really explore it as a plot necessarily. Yeah. I had, I will flat out say that I had a story that I wanted to explore with that. Um, back in Geldia with your character, I had a closing mm-hmm. for that story, whether how, how it, how you decided to go with it. And oh, okay. that was, is that there, the, uh, the woman who was your patron who ran the, the betting house, yeah, yeah. uh, who you had a tenuous relationship with at best with that. She basically controlled you and owned you to a degree, mm-hmm. uh, actually cared about you and wanted you to stop. Mm hmm. And that was the story, was trying to – her 
trying to encourage you to stop it and settle down mm-hmm. uh, and to see if you would do it or not, whether or not you were like, no, I, I have to go then. Mm, yeah. yeah. I can't, I can't hurt you anymore or I can't hurt you anymore and I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. Like I'm not yeah. going to go back to the ring. I'll, I'll be a server here. I'll do whatever, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I'll learn to cook. I don't know, you know, or, uh, or something like that. And that was going to be that story mm-hmm. was going to see how that ended in the end. I, I kind of wrote it in the way that I thought might occur for your character mm-hmm. and how that would have wrapped up by going back to Galdea and seeing what happened. Um, Funny enough, and I doubt you guys will ever get back there, uh, I actually had written into the story of Galdea that uh, the gladiatorial combat continued. It never ended. Yeah, it just sure. got different over sure. time. So after 250 years, there's a ridiculous list of rules on the wall. And you guys would have been – if you if you decided to look at the rules to see – to play, one of the rules is no uh, no bone sundering. <laughs> and it's literally on the wall. And then like, wait, what? Well, you can't break people's bones? That's uh, weird. No, it – no illegal juicing. Yeah. Is, is basically what it is. Yep. And it's no illicit substances that give you a magical enhancement, aka bone sundering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you'd be like, heh. Hey. <laughs> it's my own character. I'm hey. a law. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah. So that was the whole thing. And, uh, but there's other stories that were going to come through that, but I thought that that was kind of an interesting mm-hmm. way to handle it. But I did like that you touched upon that and you were able to role play with it, but that you did ask the group about it. You yeah. did express yeah. that this was something you were interested in. Nobody seemed to have a problem with it. And yeah. they, they handled it just as easily. It was very light. Yeah. Um, it was very light and, you know, different, different characters had different, uh, different reactions to it. Some of them did kind of raise an eyebrow and go like, are you juicing? Like, is that, is that okay? Mm-hmm. And then like the party cleric was just like, what do you want? Giant strength? Uh, <laughs> bu- uh you know, your pusher basically. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, yeah. You just, you just let me know. I'll hook you up. Like, yeah. Yeah, I just, I, 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 I often question my mind, like, a lot of times what I want to explore. Cause there's always been aspects of things like that that I've wanted to explore and, and be theatrically, uh, appropriate with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, like, we've talked about that with other things outside of elicits, but I'm going to focus on that, um, so that we don't get way too off topic, but, yeah, there's there's been times when I've thought about doing a character who who was either was a heavy uh, drug or alcoholic or something like that, where it is a coping mechanism. It's mm-hmm. not that they're heavily addicted, but it's a it is clearly that they're an alcoholic. Sure, sure, you sure. know, and like the the classic you know detective mm-hmm. who you know. Is lost in a bottle right. whenever they're stressed out. Kind Aren't of. Aren't you thing. Eddie Valiant? I heard you changed your name to Jack Daniels. Exactly that yep. that kind of a thing. Like having those kinds of tropes that you're uh, that are a trope and not a uh, a an exploration, if you will. Um, it's not changing or altering the character. It's setting a stage, sure, and a point of reference, sure. Um, and I think that's a way to use it without being abusive, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't know. I just, I, I think there's a lot to be examined there with your group to make sure you're not. I'm going to be interested to see, um, where legend of Vox Machina actually takes some of the story elements uh, okay. from the game into the cartoon. Okay. Uh, because one of the, um, Scanlan short halts character arc, Mm-hmm. Uh, actually delves into drug abuse. Oh. Um, there is a drug called Sood in Exandria. Um, and, uh, I, I think it's, you know, it's one of those things where like, yeah, you can, you can smoke it, you can, you know, uh, imbibe it, it different ways. Invi- imbibe it in different ways, whatever. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's bad. Mm-hmm. It does bad things to you. Sure, sure, it gets you high, but it does, it just tears you up. Um, and Scanlan starts using it hmm. um, and tries to keep it on the down low and stuff like that. And the thing is that, like, you know, especially for people who have watched the cartoon, uh, even if you don't have any experience with uh, Vox Machina from the tabletop, mm-hmm. um, is that, you know, he's kind of the comic relief character. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of people, because it was the comic relief character that started using drugs, had a bad reaction to it at first when it, when it originally became a plot. Interesting. Because it was like, oh, you're making light of it. But none of his drug use was ever joked about. 
like if you go and isolate the scenes, mm-hmm. it just happened to be the quote unquote comic relief character with a drug addiction. I don't and, necessarily feel that that's the wrong character to do it, knowing what I know about how yeah. overt comedians handle things. Uh, exactly, and that's kind of where he took it. Was there was a, it? It all kind of comes that comes to a head. Uh, spoiler alert for campaign one here, um, where basically his character he's using it as a coping mechanism because mm-hmm. he's expected to be the comic relief character. He's the party's bard. He's the one who has to make sure that everyone else has a smile on their face. While he's quietly suffering. Yeah. They're tending to everybody else's problems. He's fine. He's fine. Everything's fine. The jester, the joker. Exactly. The accepted, the accepted pin cushion. And at one point, um, it all kind of comes to a head where his character dies in battle. And they go through a long resurrection ritual. They get him back. And um, someone had, like, covered him in whipped cream or something like that. It's just, you know, a prank. Like, haha, he's going to come back to life and he's going to find himself covered in whipped cream. Isn't that going to be slapstick funny? And he's like, what the hell? Why would you do this to me? Yeah. And they're like, oh, that's not the reaction. We... No, you didn't think, did you? Yeah. Did you? You never think about me. And spends, an like, 40 minutes just bitching the, 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 the group out and leaves the party. And ever like, I mean, everyone at the table is in tears. Yeah. And it's like his drug addiction was played as a symptom of his internal sadness and his mm-hmm. coping mechanism and stuff like that. And nobody noticed. And it, it and so when the, the bard's lament, as that scene is known, mm-hmm. um, when that happened, uh, it was it all made sense. It all culminated in that point of like, oh, wow, he has been struggling this entire time. Mm-hmm. And we all thought it was just a joke, you know, because everything he does is just a joke. And I'm really interested to see how they're going, if if and how they're going to introduce that, because it was a major component of him leaving the party. Mm-hmm. Um, And it, like, you can't just skip that plot beat, you know? I'm really interested how to see, see if, if and how they're going to do that. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think that's that's why this isn't just a general discussion. Yeah, this is this is something that is important. I think that this is a topic that comes out sure, sure uh, more than we think, and comes to a head more than we think that this that we handle and cope things differently. I've seen some amazing stories come out about uh, fighters mm-hmm. who deal with. You know, with being at the front of every battle, and then later on in the story, you watch them slowly break down. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and players are like, well, we need you at the front. He's like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, I, I'm not going to stand there and take all this abuse. Yeah. Well, you guys try and figure something out. Yeah. You know, how about you figure it out right here while this door is closed? So I don't have to bleed for you anymore. Exactly, yeah. exactly. You don't think it hurts, you know, kind of a thing? Yeah, and it, we've, we've talked before, we've had whole episodes on uh, using, you know, the tabletop as uh, as a, like a therapeutic tool mm-hmm. um, to work through issues that you may be struggling with in real life. And, you know, I mean, I think I think this is definitely one of those issues where, like, you know, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you are – uh, you know, coping with things and stuff like that. Um, you know, this is this is one of those arenas where it's safe because it's all it's all hypothetical. It's all just a story. Yeah. You know, that you can confront some of these themes if, again, if you feel your table is safe to do so. Yeah. And, and everybody's in agreement because, like, obviously, you don't want to just broach that subject in front of like a closet alcoholic or something who's like, I don't want to deal with themes of drinking, please. Yeah. You know? And I will say this. Sometimes you don't want any of that at your table yeah. just because the world stinks. Yeah. You know, I sometimes I just want to have a game that is mindless and fun and yeah. easy to get through that's a different story that doesn't have to do anything with reality. And, like, exactly the reason why, like, you'll never see overt misogyny or, like, overt, like, real-world racism. Like, pe- people are a little racist against Khajiit in my story just because that's how Tamriel is. Mm-hmm. But, like... You will never see me being racist to black people in a story like that that is in real life, you know, set in mm-hmm. our world and stuff like that. Because it's like a real thing that really happens, right? Um, you know, and it's why you'll never see homophobia in any of my, you know, in any of my or transphobia in any of my stories because, 
look, if we can imagine a world where, you know, the, the sun is not a ball of gas, but in fact a large hole punched in the fabric of reality where an old god fled during the creation of the universe and punched a hole between reality and Aetherius then I think we can imagine a world where people aren't crappy to gay people, you know? Yeah. And I think we can imagine a world where people don't have alcoholism problems. Yeah. Or that alcoholism is not truly a harsh thing. Yeah. It's manageable, and it's just people look down on it and think that they're that you should probably get some help with that. Or, or, or not not look down on it, but, like, people look upon it compassionately. There you go. That's is, the word. Is, is, the, is the idea. And don't, and don't treat it like like it's a character flaw. Yeah. But treat it like it's an illness and yeah. treat it like it's a, you know, yeah, like like something that you should get treatment and compassion for, not something that you should be punished for. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Have we belabored this topic hard enough? Uh, I, I think so. Oh, of course, Heatsink just coming right in, just slid into my DMs with one word, skooma. <laughs> skooma. Uh, I haven't really gotten, like, I have... I have written, I've written the word skooma in my notes multiple times of like, oh yeah, hey, this would be like, one of the th things I was going to write into the Poppy King plot was that he was using skooma to control, like getting people addicted to skooma oh, okay. to keep them under control. I didn't think supplier. it was necessary. I don't think it was necessary, and so I never got into it. I thought it was your um, your psychological manipulation and using the crown was a much more effective way of doing it versus using a a third party that was physical and not manageable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, oh, the crown is gone. That means they're no longer addicted to him. Do you remember the farm? Yeah. Uh, the, the, so in in my game, I I had a a village. It was a farming village. It was taken over basically by by a band of necromancers. Um, and they they were using it kind of as a work camp where they were mm -hmm. sending people who were uh, getting in the way of the poppy king. Mm -hmm. Um, and they would kill them and then resurrect them as uh, as zombies. Yeah. Uh, and use them to work the fields. Uh, those were just food and wheat fields or whatever when yeah. I, when I did, originally those were moon sugar fields for, it, for the skooma trade. And I, I kind of felt with the whole concept of the poppy king, you were, you were addressing that to a, to a degree in the background. Wasn't, it was a song lyric. Yeah. Well, I, and I yeah. know, but like it was there in my head. I was like, are we going to go there and find fields of poppy, uh, AKA skooma? Yeah. 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 And yeah. that's kind of what I was expecting. But at the same time, I'm glad you didn't because again, you're not – just because the Poppy King is gone doesn't mean that they're not still addicted to skooma. Yeah. And now we've got a whole other layer of problems yeah. that that are still there. Yeah. You know, that, burn that the fields damage, and right. deal with the people. Right. So – Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so. not, not cool. Not cool. But yeah. So next week's topic. Yeah. What are we is, doing next week? We're doing a magic item destroyed my game. Oh, and, like, the whole concept of you give something that you think is simple and fun or maybe, you know, just an an artifact that's important to your game and you have one mind frame for it. And your players go, what if we combined this with this spell that we can do once a day and suddenly it breaks reality? And, yeah, we've, we've, we've been on that rabbit hole, like, one too many times, I think. I, I definitely have been in games that have done that, have turned on the DM and have been like, oh yeah, we're just going to use this to do everything from this point forward. So how do you claw back from that and how do you handle that as a storyteller? We'll talk about that next week. You can find us on Twitter at ST underscore Conclave, on Instagram at ST underscore Conclave. Listen to us live every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time on MixLR.com slash Storyteller dash Conclave. And join us up on our Discord. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, sh uh, share some stories. Ask us some questions. We'll answer them here on the air. You can find that on our Twitter or at StorytellerConclave.com. We'd like to thank our Patreon members who help us out every single month, especially our name members, Knox in the Box, Sam, Arcane Asylum, Sparkle Motion, Veteran, and Hulavu. We really appreciate it. Our pre-show music is by Arcane Anthems. You can find that at patreon.com slash arcane anthems. Our intro music is Beyond the Warriors by Geefrog. You can find that at geefrog.bandcamp.com or on Google Music. And our outro music, which you're hearing right now, you can uh, is by his only our footprints in uh own God, only our footprints in the sand. You can do it. By Midair Machine. You can find that at freemusicarchive.org. Big shout out as always to our families, Vicky and Sean. Thank you so much for loving and supporting us. Thank you. All of our friends who sat with us at our tables, sober or otherwise. Yes. Uh, to <laughs> give all these great stories to share with you and you, every single one of our listeners. We love you so much. Love you. Good night. Good night.